Hello and welcome to the Rugby Junkie Podcast, episode 11, I believe, uh, April 9th, 2018. Uh, I'm here with Martin and Johnny as every week. How are things, lads? Hey, lads. Hey, how are you? Good. I say as every week, um, we weren't here last week, right? No, no, we apologise. Myself and Muller were preoccupied doing other the, things. The, the poor fans. The poor fans. It was the bank holiday that threw us off. Yeah. <laughs> And am I right in saying it's episode 11? I'm sure we talked about episode 10 about boasting about double figures. Yeah, it's episode 11. Muller just didn't update the 10 part. Yeah. <laughs> so is the Hands next up, big sorry. milestone 50 or 100? Which do we celebrate? 15, I think is what you meant to say there. 15, okay. <laughs> we'll be or 25 maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> baby steps, baby yeah, steps. baby steps. Very good. Um, so because we were away last week, we might just quickly touch on the Champions Cup quarterfinals. Um, just give them five minutes uh, and we'll kick on then to this weekend's rugby. So we'll start with uh, Munster defeating Toulon at home. Um, obviously, we all watch this one pretty closely, um, if not watching it a couple of times. So what do you guys think of it? Um, I, I, it's a, it's, it was a very interesting game. Like Toulon were clearly the better side on the day. But Munster just used to have taken every chance they got, didn't they? Um, Conway, Conway's try was just—it was just. I've watched it with the Titanic movie and um, um, music attached to it. It makes it all much better, all much that much better. But uh, what a ge- what a game! It was just phenomenal to watch. Wasn't it, all? it was like when when you get the Robert of Green being the home team. We we got that from the minute go, literally like that. That Ashton instant in the corner was. Like for me, it was it was a penalty try all day. <laughs> Any, other hoping... Any other player yeah. bears evil. Any other player bears evil. I think that's a penalty try. Yeah, it was just opportunistic. Like there was loads of little small things that happened, and it just went in our favour. But yeah, Munster they just done it the Munster way, really, didn't they? I've got to agree with you with the penalty try. I think it definitely was. Yeah, <laughs> but look, we won't complain. Um, and like you say, there was a couple of other chances where there was the knock on just on the line. There was um, Conway. Not only did he score the winner at the end, but he had that class tracing tackle as well. I'm like um, on the left minutes. wing. Yeah. So yeah. like, and again, Zebo was out of kilter. Like, I don't know, was it, I know he got injured with that first penalty try or not penalty try incident, but Ashton, but he was massively out of position there, which isn't like him. Like usually he's better than that at least. And then he was caught out. He jumped out of the line for the one Conway gave the tricep tackle for, yeah. which isn't like him. So I don't know. You know the way he was 50-50 anyway for this game? Maybe that was affecting him a little bit. Um, but in fairness to Conway, he had a lot of big moments in that game, more than was just the just the try at the end. I think Zeebs as well. It was it was probably such a big occasion. Probably hard to get your head settled in the first 10 minutes, you know. It's his last game in Muzzers and all that. Like So I think maybe that was a bit difficult for him. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, the crocodile tears and all coming off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drama as always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Conor Murray's try. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of talk about that, right? The, I think it's pretty clear. I think at this stage that the the referees and linesmen they were focusing on the wrong thing. Um, whether the ball went forward or not shouldn't have mattered whatsoever. It was whether the ball was out, and when Grado picked it up, it was out by, I think anyone's way of looking at it. Yeah, so it didn't matter I, like, either which way, like. Exactly, but it, it was funny that Nigel Owens kept asking Timo, did the ball go forward? And they just wanted images of it going forward. Then, funnily enough, none of the camera angles showed it going forward, but they all agreed it was going forward and so awarded the try. So look, they got the try, but maybe not through the right means. Uh, am I right in saying if he picks it up and puts it back, it's still in the in the, in the the rock though? Do you know, if no, he if picks it up and puts it back 
towards the, the scrum half because no, you, you see that if the ball's you, you see it a lot don't you but I think if the ball's off the ground that bends out yeah you're right what was he yeah. doing picking it up with one hand on his own try line too though <laughs> that was mental. Well, mind like, but he's after a serious six nations. Like, he's probably one of the inform hookers at the moment. And he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Silly mistake. Like, uh, but look, opportunistic. So smart, Mike. Just... So yeah, smart, like Conor Murray. Clever. And uh, you saw Leinster obviously paying attention. Uh, we'll probably come to it, but a similar enough try this week. So it's the kind of thing that it got so much attention. People are going to be looking at it closely, you know, and it could be the kind of thing that catches on a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when you saw a few years ago, you know when the ball's kind of going dead and someone steps their foot over the line and carries it over. Um, and then you started seeing it week after week. And it's funny how it just came in a wave because it got so much attention the first time. Something similar like that. Yeah, that that just became a thing then in rugby. Like they literally yeah. put that rule out of rugby this year, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. It's crazy. This year. Um, okay, so Munster, they will be playing Racing 92 in the semi-final. Familiar opponents, obviously played them twice this year in the group stages, um, beat them at home, and were quite unlucky away. Um, that You could argue they were the better team on that day. Um, so they'll be going and playing them in Bordeaux in two weeks' time. Um, Racing obviously defeated Clermont. Clermont, who were dominant in the first 20-25 minutes, mm. uh, they were held to penalties, which probably limited them a small bit. Then Rassing scored a, a beautiful try. They scored three really good tries in the day, even if one of them had a forward pass. But um, probably worthy of their victory. And Dan Carter came on and closed out the game for them. Um, and yeah, it was pretty solid with them. Para was pulling the strings for Clermont, but look, it wasn't enough in the end. And uh, Rassing, Munster, it'd be nice to see third time this year playing. Um, Munster shouldn't have anything to fear. Rassing, it, it's kind of unfair them having to go to Bordeaux. Jeez. Um, it's going to suit Munster I'd say getting them out of Paris getting them away from the new stadium um, I know it has to be neutral ground but surely Stade de France or something would have suited them better uh, but anyway it, look, a neutral ground? it has to be a neutral ground in the home country now I know Leinster are playing the Aviva that's but apparently that's not their yeah that's not their home ground the RDS is their home ground and they move a few of their games to, to the Aviva obviously for money reasons um, oh. so yeah they, they're unfairly benefiting from that rule similar to um, the reason when Munster went up to Aviva last year against Saracens exactly so Munster had to play in a, a neutral venue so they had to go somewhere big and obviously it has to meet the, the minimum requirement rules for That's attendance what it was for, ra- for Racing it couldn't meet the minimum I, requirements I, I don't think so I think their new stadium is plenty big enough um, but I mean their new stadium would be bigger than Thoman Park right and Thoman would have held matches of that magnitude yeah um, even Scarlet's for their quarterfinal against La Rochelle, they had to put in extra seating just to meet the, the minimum standard so they didn't have to move grounds. Okay. So um, I think they, they scraped it. Um, speaking of Scarlet's, uh, they had the first game of the weekend defeating La Rochelle at home. A bit of a scrappy encounter. Uh, did either of you guys catch this one? I caught the first, uh, I think it was about I'd say 40, 45 minutes and then I, I, had to, I had to head to my own match. But... Uh, Scarlets really put it up to them, didn't they? Jeez, they're an amazing, they're an amazingly resilient team. I think uh, they've got some serious back row power as well. Like they're just gonna, I think they kind of control the whole game really well. And then Lee Halfpenny yeah, is like, just a beast. Yeah, they've like key players in key positions, exactly, don't they? Like yeah. Lee Halfpenny there, Steph Evans, a good finisher. Like even in the front row, like there's there's uh, there's a couple of lions there as well. And yeah, they've all the right players in the right positions. What's Jonathan Davies' brother's name again? Is it Garrett Davies? Is it? No, I can't think of it. He, he's a, he's the seventh of Scarlets. He's a, he just he played on the wing for like seventy minutes of the game. Yeah, 
and he like he set up a try and he was unreal out there. He didn't like he didn't get caught out once. But he's a phenomenal player as well. He was he was in the sevens for the World Cup and everything, or for the the Olympics. But, uh, I just think he he he's brilliant. James Davis, James Davis, isn't it? James Davis. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. Then the final game of the weekend. Um. Was Leinster at home against Saracens? Apologies. Uh, Leinster obviously proved too good this one. Um, built up a nice lead. Saracens towards the start of the second half looked like they might be able to put up a comeback, but look with James Lowe's try, it kind of killed kill off the game for Leinster and they just saw it out from there. Um, yeah, so Leinster, you'd have to say they're probably heavy favourites for the Champions Cup after that performance. And, yeah. and just what a game. Like, what a game. Like, it's just it's everything good about rugby like the standard that Leinster play it's just so nice to watch I, I was just and it was both teams it was just an unbelievable display of rugby I loved it <laughs> I literally came home and I watched it again at half 11 at night uh, the second time around it was just it was just, uh, just class class yeah they just they just don't look like they're going to be stopped you know? They just look like they're just so strong in every uh, uh, facet. Did you see? Uh, did you see Levy saying he looked like a uh, Quasimodo in the interview at the end of the game? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Martin, just you just wanted an excuse to sit down and eat more Easter eggs. That's it, yeah. And watch the honest. Two pastimes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> put <laughs> like, put them in order. Eggs first. <laughs> yeah. Second eggs. How's your eating podcast going? <laughs> We won't tell the listeners the passwords for a lot of our stuff. <laughs> it's pretty oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but like the, the Leinster, like the, the youth, like they still have young fellas that come off the bench and just slot them into like semi finals or, or quarter finals of Champions Cup. It's just, it's unreal. And um, yeah, it's it's hard to look past them uh, in, in the in the semi finals. It's it's funny as well. Just just on a side note, there I was talking about um, just the. the um, the senior the senior leagues here in Ireland like all the Dublin teams in the senior leagues in, Ar- in Ireland have just won the like the semi-finals the, the, the quarter-finals so it's four Dublin teams in the semi-finals of all the the major leagues and cups in in the senior yeah. divisions in Ireland so they're just dominating in like in senior senior level rugby professional rugby they just seem to be running the roost in, in Ireland at the moment like like the Leinster squad is just ridiculous. It's so like, you're, so much different. He, he slip retires. Vander Fleer's out. Sean O'Brien's out. Reese Rodick's barely back. Jack Conan's out. So you have Jordy Murphy, Dan Levy, who might have been player of the Six Nations if he had played the first game, mm. and you have Scott Fardy, who has played what forty odd tests for Australia at number six. Like it's absolutely mental. Yeah, it's crazy. And they, like to go a bit further again, I was listening to another podcast today, and they were saying like the Sub Academy traitor. So, Trainer, <laughs> they were saying going back. Um, it was actually a Leinster Academy player, a Leinster player, ex Leinster player that was talking five, six years ago. They might have eight, maybe nine in the academy. He said, No, there's 21, maybe 22 players in the academy. Mm. Um, and those 21 or 22 players expect to have a chance of playing first team, whether that's in the league or, or Champions Cup. And then that sub academy again, they can always pick from that again, and then they can go into another academy as well. So, like. The, the ranks that they have is just it's phenomenal and the talent that comes through from school rugby in Leinster like if you watch school rugby on, on Santa or Air or whatever it's such a good standard the skill level is just unreal mm. um, so those semi-finals on the 21st of April 
um, Leinster play Scarlets in the Aviva Stadium. And then on the Sunday, the 22nd of April, Racing 92 hosting Munster in Bordeaux. Um, so kicking on to this weekend, bring things up to date, we had a full slate of Pro 14 games. Um, do you want to chat about anything, lads, or will I just run through the results and then get into it? Yeah, run through them quickly. Leinster 41, Zebra 6, Scarlet 26, Glasgow 8, Benetton 27, Dragons 29, Cheetahs 29, Blues 27, Southern Kings 22, Munster 39. Uh, and then on Friday night, we had Edinburgh, Edinburgh pipped by Ulster, 20 points to 32, and the Ospreys took care of Connacht pretty handily, 39-10. That's, that's a massive result for Ulster, isn't it? Going over to Edinburgh, because Edinburgh are in flying form at the moment, and Ulster, and Ulster, Ulster aren't great. Yeah. yeah. So it's a massive result, and I think they'd done them. I think Edinburgh beat them in, in Kingspan or Raven dis- Hill. It's a bit disappointing for Connacht, isn't it? 39 yeah. that's a big that's a big whooping over in Ospreys, who aren't the strongest either this year. Like things aren't looking and, good there at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have flip flop positions in the table if it wasn't for that. You know, so um it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. Uh one thing I noticed on the when I looked at the, the Leinster, Leinster obviously they 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 um they they beat Zebra well, but on the Zebra bench, they had five, or sorry, they had six front rows named on their bench. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I've never seen that before, heard of that before. And they, they had a couple of players go down early, so um, <laughs> there was a potential there. You'd have some uh, some serious mauling potential. It's crazy. And then the other side of it, like, Benetton are, are doing very well, but it's, uh, yeah, it's weird, like, having in Italy and only having two, two kind of, two club teams playing at this level and one to be so bad and the other to be decent enough it's just odd I just uh, I was just looking at the table there that like if Ulster had lost and with Benetton winning they actually could have jumped into the chance of being in the quarterfinals of the it's it's the top four in each group going no through, top three it? top three oh, so that was actually like yeah, it was it was good for Ulster. Like that's bad enough for Edinburgh losing at home there. They would have expected better. Yeah. Um, but if you look at that Conference B table, it's actually interesting that Benetton right are in what fifth place in that table, yeah. and they've and they have ten wins. The next team in sixth is the Dragons with two. Like there's such a gulf there between the Kings and Dragons are really just dragging their heels in that conference, and the Benetton have ten, ten wins. You know, so it's it's good to see that they're like they're well ahead. They're not just scraping ahead, kind of lucky poxy victories. You know, they're on fifty points compared to Dragons eighteen and Kings eleven. Yeah, they've they're, they've got some good wins this year as well, haven't they? They're quite they're quite strong at home. They seem to win a lot of games at home. Like, um, did you catch any of the cheetahs against the Cardiff Blues? No, I didn't. Think think it was uh the Blues. They you saw their players and they were all tweeting this week. You saw uh can't remember who now, but I think they they arrived like less than twenty four hours before kickoff with no time to acclimatize. Their gear was lost. Um, there was loads of other things went wrong with them. So apparently they were quite happy to escape at a point. Um, to get out of there twenty nine twenty seven. I think she had scored a last minute penalty try to get that as well. Mm. So uh, it could have been a real a real performance by them if they'd if they'd pulled that one out. What yeah. kind of like an organization is that? Like Munster went think, over a week beforehand to climatize and the whole works like I think there was issues with their airlines, they were stuck in airports oh, and okay. I wish I had the full story now, but I was actually, luckily as I have it, I have the full oh. story. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So this is one of the things I was going to jump in with there, but it took them fifty five hours in total to, oh, to get over it. Um so they're supposed to leave Wednesday at nine o'clock, London to Johannesburg. Um, that didn't take off, so they had to stay in London for an extra night. 
Um, they eventually left on Thursday evening. Um, they missed their <laughs> connecting flight from Johannesburg then to Bloemfontein. Um, they got another connection and they eventually uh, got there on Friday. Um, three players arrived. Three players didn't make that final journey for whatever reason. So then they had to get on a second flight. And then <laughs> finally, when they got to Bloemfontein, their bags didn't arrive. So they uh. arrived at half five for a game. That when was that played? It was played on Saturday, wasn't it? Saturday, yeah. Uh, yeah, Saturday evening. So, the, yeah, less than 12, 24 hours to, to, to get a claim ties and ready to play a Pro 14 game. I'd love to know what would happen if they hadn't arrived on time. They get the other team's away jersey or turn inside out. <laughs> no, <laughs> Shirt, what, shirts what, what skins. What Old school. If just, the team didn't turn up. Would the game get pushed by a day? Oh, yeah. I don't think it would really matter to the Cheetahs because there's probably very little Cardiff Blues people travelling. Because if yeah, the if... team is having that much trouble, imagine the trouble affecting commuters are having to get there. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you might uh, have a couple of supporters over there already. So Munster have loads of supporters. Did you see that over in a? Yeah, it was great South traveling. Yeah, I think it was two hundred half our team South Africans. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, man? I said half our team is South African. Half our management, <laughs> their coach as well, South African. Did you see? Uh, it was CJ's hometown, and he had a class picture on the pitch afterwards with a load of locals. Oh, yeah. is it his hometown, is it? Yeah, apparently. Is it called George, I think? Which is where George, they were playing. Uh, I think he's a big farm there as well, I think, that his family yeah. run or something. So yeah. I think a lot of farm workers were out there as well. Your man Gerbrandt um, got a yellow carriage, you see that? He absolutely yeah. tried to cling a fella. <laughs> where do you get all that rage from? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> what about um, Scannell's offload? Do you see that trade, oh. Scannell's Coggin? Beautiful. I saw him getting the... Them- the Mickey taken out of him afterwards by Conor Murray on uh, on Instagram, right? That's about all I yeah. saw. <laughs> Good video. Good video. Yeah. Um, okay, so looking ahead to next weekend, uh, on Friday, we have Cheetahs home to Munster, which is a massive game looking ahead to the table. Munster in second, Cheetahs in third in that Conference A. Um, we have Glasgow at home to Connacht. Ulster at home to Ospreys. Then on Saturday, we have Edinburgh home to Scarlets, Zebra home to Dragons, Kings home to Blues, and Leinster at home to Benetton Rugby. What jumps out at you there? Ulster Ospreys would be good. I think it will anyway. I'd like It's kind of two teams are coming back into form. Like if you look at the last two games, like hopefully Ulster. Edinburgh Scarlets too should. Uh, it's kind of for second place in that group um, with two games to go. Uh, could be a big one. So and they're both they're expansive right teams as well. Yeah, so look, Edinburgh after losing the Ulster at home would want to, if they want to have a serious chance at this, they need to win this game really, kind of show a bit of home form, try and get a home semi-final, um, or sorry, quarter-final. So, is this yeah, the last, this is the second last game, I think, is it? I think this is the second last round, yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. So this is kind of big for them really, isn't it? Mm. They need to you, win one game. What jumps out at me here is rugby like from Friday evening at half half six another game at half half seven and then you look at uh, Super Rugby after that in the morning there's a couple of games and then you've Saturday evening from quarter past three four o'clock half seven there's so much rugby (laughs) the the bank holiday last weekend was just unhealthy like there was way too much time because you know usually I watch three or four games but then you have other stuff to do clean get out no the bank holiday weekend you could justify watching all the rugby you could see so good too so good um, yeah once once they once serve a big a big test ahead of the cheetahs again yeah you'd expect to see probably a few more of the big boys back in there and they obviously had 
they had a couple of big names this weekend, but a lot of a lot of the younger blood. So I'd say we'll see some of the bigger guys this weekend. Yeah, they're, they're stepping up too, aren't they? I mean, even Stephen Stephen Fitzgerald came on again, and he looked very impressive. Yeah. Uh, like every time Fitzgerald's got a game, he's looked good. It's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's definitely one for the future. But like the youth that that's coming through, like Alex Wooten and and all the rest of the young lads, like they're they're really showing. So it's uh, yeah, it's good, positive. Right, that um, young winger Nash as well. He looks very good, doesn't he? Very good, yeah. He had a couple of lovely touches in that game. Yeah, a good try too, I think. Okay, before we move on, Martin, just say Bloemfontein one more time. It was lovely. Bloemfontein. Yeah, that's borderline racist. Borderline racist. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> super rugby. Uh, so the results for this weekend. Quick one through. Sunwolves 29, Waratahs 50. Chiefs beat the Blues 21-19. Brumbies won the Aussie Dart. Derby against the Reds 45-21 the Lions beat the Stormers 52 points to 31 Los Haguares lost at home to the Crusaders by 14 points to 40 and the game of the weekend the Hurricanes with a last minute try from Laumape defeated the Sharks 38-37 do you guys catch that game? no I got the Brumbies Reds game but I saw the highlights of the Hurricane game it looked phenomenal oh last minute kick by Ohio West nailed it in fairness to him on the wrong side he looked like he had a great game from the highlights. He seemed to have been involved yeah. in every try at some some sort of level. Yeah, it was a really good game. And the Sharks, that's a couple of weeks in a row now, they've played some really exciting, good rugby. Um, so they're definitely one of the more exciting, fun teams to watch this year. Um, the Lions then, 52 points and another 50-point performance. They seem to do this every second week um, at home to the Stormers. Um, I can't pronounce their left-winger's name, Uh I was with the com- even with the commentary I was trying to say it and I just get it wrong but he scored four tries yeah. and some really clinical stuff in fairness he's only 20 so. as well as he's really, really? really young I think it's like oh. a second game in the, on the team so that's phenomenal like the the Lions went, when they're on form they're so good to watch um, so that's a massive performance for them uh, Brumbies as well good to see David Pocock had a really good game scored a try mm. uh, their rolling ball was pretty class against the Reds the Reds have been the Reds have been great this year Um given they were probably the favourites to come last, they've won, they've won at least half their games. So in fairness to them, they've put up really well. Brad Thorne's done some really good stuff for them, um, apart from relegating Quig Cooper to their second team, unfortunately. Just, but, uh, just one point there I was reading, I was just kind of having an all Google around today and just researching. And Did you know that Brad Thorne played rugby league and was like the top player in rugby league before he changed to be a rugby union player? Yeah. I did not know that. And then yeah. he went back to rugby league in 2007 came back for the World yeah, Cup for the World Cup yeah won the World Cup and then won a fucking European Cup with uh, Leinster what yeah, he's a freak. absolute freak <laughs> yeah he's a freak Jesus I, I, I just couldn't stop reading it it was so interesting <laughs> I think he moved to, from New Zealand to like Australia when he, with his family when he was like six yeah. or eight in the new school then they just had rugby league and he went down to an estate of origin and must be he was called oh, a, he was called a mongrel, I think. Born in New Zealand, played in Australia, and uh, I think his father was a big New Zealander. Born like was a, was a New Zealander and begged him before he died to go back and play rugby union, and that's why he went back. But in, cool. Interesting, like. Um. So a quick look at the Super Rugby tables. We're almost halfway through. Um. So at the moment in the Australian Conference, the Rebels are on top with twenty points. Come on, uh, the Rebels! On the Rebels and the Sunwolves at the end there with two and um, probably won't make the playoffs I'm going to go out on a limb uh, 
South African Conference, the Lions running away with it, 25 points. The Sharks are in second with 14. Then at the bottom, Los Aguilares with eight and Bulls with nine. So, um, yeah, you'd say the Lions have that one pretty much wrapped up again for the third year in a row. Dara, can you just explain to us going forward now how the conferences work here again? <laughs> the, so there's three so there's conferences. Three conferences, Australia, South Africa, New Zealand. Yeah. The top team from each of the three conferences we'll go through so Rebels Crusaders and Lions so as it stands as it Rebels stands. Crusaders and Lions yeah and then the, the next high highest five points totals so as it stands I guess that would be the Hurricanes the Chiefs the Waratahs and there'll be some sort of tiebreaker between three, the Chiefs between the Brumbies and between the Sharks for the eighth okay. place okay I get you alright cool so but it could be it could be the top three teams and then the next four could all be from New Zealand plus one other you know what I mean so it's just whoever's the most points now the only reason it, it probably would be all the New Zealand teams except for the fact that they all have to play each other twice you know they, they're not going to ruin that because that's where all the money games are in, in Super Rugby is the New Zealand guys playing themselves so uh, they kind of defeat each other and knock each other's points down which is why it gives other guys a chance to get in really you know okay. um, so look anyway finally New Zealand Conference Crusaders are on 24 Hurricanes 23 and Chiefs 21 um, so really tight at the top there. Uh, Chiefs and Hurricanes only lost one game and they've played one less than Crusaders. So look, there's really nothing between those teams. Um, and the Blues have only won one game in seven play- or with seven points there. So they're probably a bit disappointed. They were looking to pick up a bit this year and kick on, um, but just hasn't quite happened for them. So. Um, just before we move on to the, the news, Dara. Um, yeah. I kind of did a bit of um, I, I love my old rugby sevens and I was kind of watching yeah. watching the the Japan rugby sevens this week um, Ireland were super super unlucky not to qualify for the World Series next year yeah they, they um, won every qualifying game we'll say qualifying round game then got to the semi-finals and were beaten by Japan Japan went on to win it against Germany so they they were one game off and like I watched the highlights of the games and Ireland knocked on the ball two, two a meter before the line like it was game set and match game over so like they were that close to getting into the final and beating Germany Joe that kind of way sort of and even the game Ireland lost against Japan um did you see they had a chip over with a minute left that that's they almost what I was got talking about, yeah yeah they chipped it over and then... he just blew it into he just knocked it on it was so unfortunate yeah but uh, Japan uh, Japan I... were worthy winners in the final anyway. But I watched Germany all the way up there, the same as Ireland. They absolutely walked through everybody in their qualifier games to get to the quarters and semis. And then um, Japan were just too good for them. Their offloading games phenomenal for the for the um, in the final. And uh, also, did you see Kenya lately, lads? They've been in the last two finals: the Singapore final, which they won in the last one, and this final in Japan. Like, yeah, it's really good, isn't you never, it? You never hear Kenya and you think rugby. Like you hear <laughs> Kenya, and you think runners. Do you know, right. and they're huge <laughs> boys that are on the team. Like they're they don't look like you know skinny, slim, uh, side steppers. Like they're just bulls. Like, <laughs> um, but Fiji beat them in the final, so it's uh, it's one apiece now from the last two. But uh, really, really, really good um, sevens competition in Japan this year. This, that, that is odd though isn't it like that you see countries like that like even USA they, they won the um, they won the last round didn't they were they home and they, for countries that you wouldn't think would be be very good in um, yeah and sevens just there are very good 
yeah, as, as there's, simple there's, as that. There's, there's some very strange teams in the um, in it. Like, uh, let me go through the kind of odd teams: Kenya, um, Spain, Russia, Spain, you know. Russia, Papua New Guinea, Uganda, Europe, Southern Korea are in it somehow. Do you know it's kind of weird? How did North Korea do? They're not allowed in it. Oh, that's a joke. <laughs> Unless Kim was captain, that's the only reason they'd that's be allowed. A joke. <laughs> but uh, it's just some very strange teams towards the end, like you know, like the the one that you wouldn't say is strange out of them is Russia, like because Russia are kind of doing quite well. Well, I suppose yeah. Muller will probably get to that story again later on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I just thought it was interesting anyway. To rub yeah, sense. no, it's good. And did the Irish? The Irish team was only. Um, was it a couple of years ago they were brought back I think they had they lost sponsorship or they lost funding and they weren't sending them around the world so yeah. you know, it's great to see that they they are worthy of every cent and uh, especially there's such good Irish following like things like the Hong Kong Sevens it's usually green flags everywhere um, somewhere beneath the fancy dress so uh, no it's good to see um, so yeah kick on to the news a uh, couple of tidbits there uh, Martin do you want to take us through a few of your your top headlines yeah so just to reiterate I'm not a forward but I noticed that there was two pops coming from South Africa to the Pro 14. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you might notice him, but he's a, he's a kind of a long-haired blondie kind of dude from the from the Bulls. Um, he's going to his name is Pierre Showman. Um, he's leaving the Bulls, going to Edinburgh next year. Um, then there's another prop, Tom Bota, going to the Ospreys for another year. Um, but then the opposite end of it, he's retiring. So that's a. Uh, Props update <laughs> that I had. Um, the lads coming up from the Southern Hemisphere is that for money or do you have any reason or is it just for an experience? I think a lot of these guys aren't getting game time. Um, like down down south, like there's there's so many like pool of players that they have to pick from is massive. I think they're just not getting enough game time, so they want to yeah come up play a bit of rugby and I don't think it's for money really. It's a, someone like. They probably look at success stories like CJ and people like this too. Do you remember CJ's first season or a bit, season and a half at Munster, maybe a bit part player, and then he started a Lions test since, you know, so it just shows the kind of bit of game bit of game time could do do wonders for people. Yeah. Very true. The the other end of it then was the, did you keep up to speed with the the latest debacle of that Spain and I tried Spain to, Belgium. but Give a, give us a bit of a timeline there. Give us the the latest two weeks. I won't, yeah, I won't go too into detail, but the, the latest from so there was the decision that was supposed to be made, um, a meeting that was supposed to happen that was pushed back for a second time. Um, on the second round of that meeting, then it was decided. So the executive committee of World Rugby, they felt that a replay would be in the best interest for both teams. So we're talking about the, the Spain and Belgium game again. So it's looking like that's going to be replayed. Um, but there's still other things happening in the background to say that there's players that played for Samoa. From There was a Samoan player that played for Russia. There was a, in Germany in the Portugal camps, they both had eligible players. So I think what they're suggesting is to have the replay to happen. Um, and then the second phase then is to talk about these ineligible players. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's still ongoing. There's no final decision yet, but yeah, it's it's a bit nuts. I heard uh, rumors that they were going to they were leading towards the Spanish the Spanish players being left off effectively and saying it was okay. Um, there's been no final word on that, has there? No, the, well, there's only two Spanish players in question. Um, yeah. Um, 
so they're they're playing they played under twenties with France, and now they're obviously playing with Spain. So one of them is is playing with Poe, uh, fullback. Um, but yeah, he's he's the only fella that's yeah they're they're the only two players really from Spain. In trouble, but yeah, I haven't heard anything other than that. Well, uh, keep on to your sources. Keep keep passing them. <laughs> next week, next week, guys, there'll be an update. I promise. <laughs> Um, there's, okay, uh, go on, Johnny. There's some more kind of uh, changes as well. Um, does the cheat is full back? I think is his name is um, Blomity, Blom, Blomities. Uh, do you know he's a full back? He's kind of got the the party in the back mullet. He's, uh, that's how I know him. He's kind of a guy business big, in the front. Yeah, business in the front, all shaven. But um, he's uh, he's moving to Scarlets, and probably bigger news again. And I was just saying to Muller before we came on is. Uh, Williams uh, Scott Williams is leaving Scarlet at the end of the season and moving to the Ospreys oh interesting that, that's quite a big in my eyes that's quite a big move like yeah and a, you don't and see, a strange one you don't see starting players change position like that very often within because he would be a he would be a contracted player right yeah so that's that's a funny one that's a really funny one yeah like it's you know Moving, I was saying to Muller beforehand, moving from a team that's in the semi-finals of Champions Cup to a team that's struggling to make the top four for twelve to get into the Champions League, uh, Champions Cup next year, it's quite yeah. strange, isn't it? Is uh, yeah, that's a funny one. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Maybe it must be something to do with uh, it must be to do with the competition, like Jonathan Davies on the way back and stuff like that. But even at the same time. You you need more than two centers, you know. And he he has been playing nonstop, like so. That's a funny one. Yeah. Um, Juan Martin Hernandez has retired. Um, at the age of thirty-five. At the age of thirty-five, uh, <laughs> obviously a, a mercurial talent. Uh, gave Ireland a bit of a a bit of a doing a couple of times back in the day, and obviously had some unreal unreal performances in Europe. Um, any memories stand out of him? No, I Joe. What always stands out for me is that he never aged. He always looked yeah. the same age. He <laughs> never ever changed. Like I, 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 you could have said he was twenty five, and I'd have believed you. Like, but like <laughs> he just always, he, he was kind of like a Keith Earls. Like he, he always seemed to have been in the Argentinian squad. Same with Earlsy from like age of eighteen. He was always there. Do you know what I mean? That's what always kind of yeah, stood out. Like he's been around and he's been everywhere as well. He was at Stade Francais um, in his early career, 123 appearances. Um, he went down south then, he went to the Sharks. Um, then he went to the Racing Metro, he went to Toulon and Aguares. Um He's just been around a long time. I think the, the last World Cup, um, am I right in saying that he was playing the last World Cup? Uh, he was part of it, I think, yeah. I don't think he was starting at that time. But because uh, he's just come back from injury, right? I'm not too sure. It's just Ar- when Argentina beat beat Ireland in um in the Millennium Stadium that time, I think. Yeah, probably won. It's good for him to <laughs> good for him to end on a, a, a he, uh, he won. He won. No, he's nominated for World Player of the Year, wasn't he? Um, 2007, I think, World Cup year. Uh but he didn't win it. But like around those times, when he was playing for Stad, he was just unbelievable. So exciting to watch, and you just chance anything, you know. Um, he's the kind of player you'd miss. How many caps? Sure. Is, how many caps does he have? Seventy-four. Probably more. 
But like he did have a good few injuries over this. Yeah, he'll definitely get more because he's still in the setup, isn't he? He's like the pivot. Uh, yeah, I think. He's retiring now because he's a knee injury. So I think this was yeah, kind of like the final day in the yeah. coffin. Uh, okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, and any more news, guys, before we track on? There's one here for Tommy O'Donnell. Did you did you get notes on that one? Tommy O'Donnell out for the rest of the season. You sounded like you were from Tipperary there. Did There's I, one did here I from Tommy O'Donnell. <laughs> he is trying that's, to. He is. That's a bit more gnarled <laughs> yeah. of you there. <laughs> he's out anyway isn't he for shoulder injury is, he, is that confirmed yeah yeah I think he's out for the rest of the season he has to go under an operation again so oh. a pity he was only back from a was it a foot injury he had or an ankle or it was a leg injury he had I can't uh, remember what he was out for last he, he's, he's, he's just, just one of them well. unlucky fellas like so unlucky he's such a good player as well yeah he he's one of these fellas that have a lot more caps if he could stay fit yeah yeah, the timing hasn't been great from in fairness. Um, okay, that's the news roundup. Leave it at that. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, thanks, cool. yeah. thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No, Perfect. no quiz Again. this week. We'll no back. quiz, unfortunately. We'll be back on the button next weekend. Next week. On the button. On the buzzer. Uh, I, I will be in the Southern Hemisphere on a information scouting trip on behalf of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, to some of the top names... We'll soldier on a bit without you, I think. Soldier away. If we can, uh, um, if we can find somebody else that wants to come in, they're more. I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can dial in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> on the road reporting. Um, all right, lads. All right, guys. Pleasure. Thanks. Talk to you later. Best luck. Good 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 luck.